Welcome to another episode of the Nordic Surfers Magazine uh, Conversations podcast with Joshua B. Kirkman. Uh, I'm sitting here in a beautiful part of Sydney that uh, maybe not so many people get to. It's a little little ways away from the hustle and bustle of uh, the city of Sydney. And sitting opposite to me is um, a justifiable legend of the sport of surfing, Tom Carroll. Thank you for having me over here, Tom. Um, it's a real pleasure. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, Josh. Yeah. Great, great. Um, you've actually just come off a. Um, I've just caught you really quickly here. You've mm. just come back from a quick trip over to Hawaii. I understand. Mm. What was that all about? Because it's kind of like a weird time of year to be yeah. coming back from Hawaii. So, what were you up to over there? <laughs> it's a weird for a surfer to be going to Hawaii in, in their summer. Mm. You know, being such a winter orientated sort of time. You know, for us mm. to be in Hawaii. Uh, but yeah, the reason why I went there was because. Actually, it was kicked off by the fact that I had to get shoulder surgery uh-huh. last uh, November. Right. I had to book in and get a shoulder reconstruction surgery on my right shoulder. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I had tickets uh, to go to Hawaii in January right. um, all set up. and Which makes more sense. Two tickets. <laughs> yeah. And, and I had to quit that. I had uh-huh. to um, put the dates off. All right. I thought, well, if I'm, if, you know, we'll just put the dates off until summer. Um, well, there's summer and our winter. Cool. And we might be able to fit in maybe a, a time uh, then, you know? Yeah, cool. So, yeah, uh, my shoulder came good after six. Very hard uh, rehab on the shoulder. Mm. Very tough. And I had, um, after being in uh, up in Norway last year, yeah, in, right. in March, in late April, I had a knee replacement surgery. And uh, so I had a knee replacement, a full shoulder reconstruction in the last um, sort of 18 months. And it's been, it was a bit of a long haul coming back to surfing. <laughs> sure. Uh, but it's great now. Yeah, right. It's fantastic. And going to Hawaii was really a trip with my, with my partner and I, Mary uh, and I, and, and it was about just going to Hawaii with no um, real plans. And for the first time, it was in our eight and a half year relationship. It's actually, I've, I've gone somewhere where I haven't had an ulterior motive yeah, to, cool. go, to go surfing, to do something else with work yeah, involved sure. in my work, yeah. which is pretty broad yeah. and it can I can turn it on anywhere. So it's sort of, uh, let's go and do it. Um, a trip where there's no plans on a daily basis. We just, whatever comes up, comes up and it's just us. And it was awesome, yeah. Well, mm. a swell came up, didn't it? A swell did. <laughs> and the good thing is, Mary surfs as oh, well, cool, but cool. she just a small surf, but she really understands who I am. Yeah, of course. You know, she goes, well, yeah, of course, go surfing if it's going off. Yeah. And it did. We had a hurricane Hector came up and gave us some crazy surf in the last couple of days. That's great. And it was really cool to surf some South Shore uh, below Diamond Head. So yeah. All those waves were going off, and um, and I was basically surfing with a good old friend of mine, Doug Silver. Cool. And he he's a surf coach, and I kind of needed a bit of coaching uh, <laughs> to understand what to do with my surfing because sure. I was kind of, in a way, I spent a lot of time out of the water, mm. six months, particularly with the shoulder, four mm. months with the knee, and and I really it changed me in many ways. Um, as far as my surfing is concerned, I was just like, oh, what's going on? And it was really cool, cool to work with him 
and he gave me a few tips and showed and just talked to me about what was going on. Cool. And it was like it worked out perfectly. That's great. <laughs> it was so cool. That's great. I mean, what um on that on that period of time in Hawaii and and obviously we spent a lot of time over in Oahu, you know, over the years. What's the vibe? Is there a difference in the vibe on the South Shore to the North Shore? Like, did you notice anything? You know, because it's pretty notorious mm, on the mm, North mm, North Shore that it can mm, be pretty hardcore yeah, up there. But like, yeah. how was the South Shore in comparison? Uh, it's it's pretty uh, seemed pretty easy going to me. Yeah, you know, um, everyone was that I surfed with were really easy going, really nice guys. It was uh, you know, and I get that vibe too on the North Shore. It's not yeah, sure. You know, for me, I, I don't really go to surf pipeline anymore. I leave that to the you know the crew who really really want to charge and sure. it's not really you know there's so many good ways I don't yeah. really need to go there. Uh, Consider get around the place and really enjoy Hawaii for cool. what it is um, in, in other ways too. So I, I know I'm, and it feels like a second home for me. Yeah, um, and and I love going there. So, uh, but the South Shore is such a beautiful. It's got beautiful waves. It's got yeah. all kinds of different waves, and we just—I just lucked out and mm. scored this swell. That's amazingly yeah. good luck to get yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, how often does a hurricane come across that way? I mean, it's not the mm. most common occurrence. So no, and and the funny thing is, I was reading this book called Barbarian Days. <laughs> got that in my car. Just yeah, got it today well, for a mate myself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Start cool. reading it, and it's cool. I, yeah. I just in that first part of the book, it's all yeah. talking about all these waves, yeah, and yeah, I just yeah. finished it, and I yeah, got cool. Oh, that's cool yeah. that's great mm. and you must um, it's interesting that you kind of went there with no agenda with your partner and like you must be in the good books like this is if this is the first trip in that long you must be in a good good spot like yeah. you, no dog house the dog no, house is no, great no, no. I, good and for I'm, you yeah I'm in no dog house thank <laughs> God for that that's good yeah. um, one of the things I wanted to um, I guess I'll jump I had a few questions here already but one of the things that I'd like to kind of hear a bit about from you is um You've had a really long career and you've done it with one, seemingly one sponsor mm. almost the whole way. Uh, it's like a relationship, right? Like, you know, like it, it doesn't, there's no other word for it. How, how long has the relationship been with Quicksilver as a sponsor? And as a, yeah, I don't know how you refer to it these days, if it's still a sponsorship or whether it, I don't know how you refer to it, but how long has it been? Well, if we go back to the first pair of board shorts that I received from them <laughs> yeah. as a, uh... A young grommet, yeah, like yeah, yeah. surfing the northern beaches on Morningstar surfboards Sick. at tw- uh, 13 years of age. Yeah, right. Uh, that's when I received my first pair of scalloped uh, yoked board shorts, red. Epic. And a blue a band and a waistband. Sick. And double clip. I never forget those ones. <laughs> yeah. And, and I wore them and they were my good luck board shots. Yeah, right. Like every time I was surfing an event on that, okay. I did really well. And, wow. I, and they were really special for me. That's great. And um, they they came with me everywhere. Uh, Quicksilver, for sure, back then, particularly. Uh, um, it's, you know, it's a crowded house right now. But yeah. back then, it was there wasn't much going on. Like, yeah. yeah. There were a couple of good brands like Hang Ten, yeah. um, Golden Breed, yep. uh, you know, Crystal yeah. cylinders may have been around cylinders. back then. Right. There you Crystal go. Crystal cylinders. There's one. Uh, and uh, Ocean Pacific, yeah, people yeah. like that, but uh, brands like that. But um, Quicksilver was really like had the the best surfers, and they were kind of making the most core kind of board short mm. um, on the market. And to be supported by those guys was pretty hardcore. I mean, they had you know like Mark Richards and yeah. 
you know, Jeff Hackman and, yeah. and, and all these incredible surfers. Good good crowd. Good crowd to be involved yeah. with. And, uh, and I, I just was this little weedy little freckly kid uh, from Newport Beach yeah. who just so happened to be getting boards shaped by Colin Smith from Morningstar Surfboards yeah, yeah. who had a shop who carried Quicksilver out of DY. Yeah, right. And DY would go to the shop and then I'd see it in the rack and stuff and um, and they were uh, they were connected yeah. to Quicksilver and then they kind of got the relationship moving from there. Cool. And then it was a, it was a sort of a slow start really. Um, I ended up Meeting Quicksilver went went to my first Bell's Beach. Yeah. Uh, in uh, how old were you when you seventy six? I went there. Yeah, right. I was fifteen. First Bell's. First Bell's Beach. I was actually fourteen. Sick. In nineteen seventy six. So, yeah, right. uh, Bell's Beach actually was hang on. I was fifteen. I was fifteen by then. Mm-hmm. And then uh, those that was when the relationship really kind of kicked in. Okay. As far as like. Face to face because of the yeah. other way I've been re- receiving product through a shop. Through a shop down the road. And my yeah. surfboard brand, shop. which was um, Morning Star. Yeah, cool. cool. In DY. And then that kind of, yeah, 15 was a real kickoff uh, as, you know, recognised as one of the riders properly. Sure. And then 15, I went on to do quite well from there mm. uh, in winning, winning the first Pro Junior That's event, right. Uh, in 1977. Mm. And I was wearing. Red shorts. Your red shorts. My red shorts. Um, <laughs> um, uh, and, and things rolled on from there. I mean, Quicksilver yeah. supported me all the way through till just before winning my first world title. Yeah. And there was a little gap there because oh, they decided it? to uh, support uh, Rabbi Bartholomew uh, uh-huh. as much as they possibly could. So they took all their resources and said, Tom, in 1982, I just got second to Mark Richards in the 1982 Bells Beach Yeah, event. right. And I'm like, uh, stoked. Yeah, must have been no, I'm going to get really good support here. <laughs> exactly. And I walked, walked into the office to redo my contract. <laughs> well, I was redoing a contract. And I, I didn't know what I was doing. I noticed that I wasn't any good at negotiating with myself <laughs> anyway. But uh, I, um, I walked in there and he and they said, oh, look, we're going to... To my surprise, they said, oh, we, we, we don't want to support you, Tom. We want to go all the way with... Wow. Yeah, and I walked out of there. That must have been shocking. I was in a shock, yeah. yeah. I thought, oh, man, I just got second of my ridges in the final. <laughs> Is that it? And I was in shock. I was devastated. And I yeah. walked out. I was like, this this grom, you know. And um, uh, I walked out. And it was the first year I'd ridden a thruster in, in the Bells. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Or was it the year before I'd won? I, I'd surfed. I'd surfed the thruster the year before. That's okay. right. Uh, and then 1982, I'd, there was the second year I the thruster. I got second MR at Rincon. Mm. And then um, I went back up, came back up home, just sort of like, going, wow, what am I going to do? How am I going to get around the, to the <laughs> to tour, tour yeah. and all the stuff? I have to get back to work. Yeah, I was, yeah. I sort of started to work as a panel beater, working on oh, cars, okay. and then I was working as a. Um, as a as a gardener too, like mm-hmm. um, working in, in in landscape gardening. Okay. So uh, <laughs> it was pretty raw days. Yeah. And then I got a call from this really enthusiastic guy. His name's Peter Manstead, who yeah. wanted to be my manager. And okay. Going, what do you mean? And then I got a call almost immediately um, after that from Sean Thompson, who right. said, "Look, who had Instinct Clothing." Yeah. Said, "Look." Um, I'd really like to sponsor you, you know, okay. uh, with Instant Clothing. And I said, 
yeah, let's do it, you know. And his brand was upcoming. Yeah, sure. It kind of felt really right with Sean. I really sure. liked Sean. He was, a, he was my hero, really. Mm-hmm. I loved and idolised his, idolised his style of surfing yeah. at that time. Uh, particularly him and Simon Anderson were very. I was a big fan of those two in the water. Um, they were both single fin riders, and you know, Sean used to ride twin fin, but I, I just didn't. You know, I was such a hardcore single fin guy, mm. uh, and my group of guys, my peer group, really hardcore single fin guys. We just loved the way Sean rode a single fin. I, I was right in there with him, and when he sponsored me, I felt really good. Felt, um, and he came to the party, but I had my my manager who was a new thing new guy. Uh, for Sean to deal with. He goes, but Sean wanted the sport to really expand. Yeah. And he could see that the fact that I had a manager was like, well, this is this new. But, and and my manager pushed for more and he ended up getting it. Yeah, right. And which I was going, wow. <laughs> and it was almost instant. I was getting more. You right. Know? And I was going, wow. That happened pretty quickly in <laughs> only a few weeks. Yeah, I was going to say, what was the timeline between the, only the like devastation of Quicksilver and then the... The manager and onwards. Maybe a month. It was like very quick. It was Pretty like good a month, a month or something. Yeah, a month yeah. or two. And I was like, wow, it all kind of happened. Yeah. Really, really quick. And um, it was obvious I was on the move upward though. Yeah, very sure. much so. And uh, I was pretty motivated. I was very motivated. Mm. Uh, I could feel myself rising in, in many different ways. Mm. My my manager, my new manager, was was quite abrasive. Um, uh-huh. I started to find out that it, it oh, was okay. a bit tricky to deal with that within my character. Yeah, uh, I didn't understand it that well. Okay, uh, but I knew that relationship with Quicksilver gone. New relationship with Instinct had started off. My manager had a whole new idea of how you know to project my image out there. Sure, and to really get it out there. So that was um, so there was a better. A year, two years, that's when I actually was motivated, got myself really charged up. I got to look at sport, my sport in a new light. Mm. I, I did believe that we could be a good, solid uh, mainstream sport mm. uh, and recognised as, a, as yeah. a mainstream sport. I really believe that that's what we should be. Mm. And I was following the dream of what um, the guys before me were doing, mm. which was Mark Richards and sure. Sean Thompson and Rabbi Tharmia and yeah. Cairns, Peter Townend. Uh, uh, and um, you know Dane Kaloa and uh, many great surfers mm. who had brought professional surfing to that point. Yeah. And now I was ready to kind of have that vision keep following through with all mm. my actions. And so I was um, studying other sports people, uh, okay. other athletes right. uh, from other sports and how much time they put into it. Who were the main influences then uh, that you looked at? I was looking at tennis players, like, you okay. know, what tennis players put in. Yeah. And they were putting, like, eight hours on the quarter day, six to eight hours on the quarter day. And you go, well, um, you know, say John McEnroe and, mm. and, and, you know, Jimmy Connors back then and yep. stuff like that. Yeah. So I was like, going, whoa, so this is what these guys do. And yeah. they're also track and field athletes. Yeah. And, and also dancers too. And I saw, okay. saw what they did to perfect their kind of artistry. And, their, yeah. and I was like, really, like, wow. So I'm not doing anything compared to that. Mm. Even though just going for fun and surfing yeah. a lot, yeah, being sure. frothing, exactly frothing surfer, which was normal at the time, which is normal, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, you know, warming up and using my body, I was I was starting to train because I had a I had a knee reconstruction the year early in, in uh, late um, 
81. Oh, wow, back then. In back then you had a knee yeah, reconstruction. Yeah, I had a full total wow. knee reconstruction okay. in, in November 81. Okay. My knee was completely torn apart when I was 16. What and were you doing to get it torn apart? Uh, surfing, you might have point right, oh, right, yeah, yeah. that slabby right. Yeah, yeah. And I got, we used to go out there and just charge. Yeah, it right. It's hard pretty hard. Like, yeah, yeah on the right swell, yeah, that place gets solid. Get yeah. proper. We, we used it has to, to get surf, right in there too, doesn't it? had to be it? too big. Yeah. It, was, it had to be too big, closing out yeah. on our. Yeah. We used to just convoy to so your minor gotcha. point. Your minor point got you. Got me. It took me out. <laughs> you must be one of the only guys that can say that. I yeah. mean, I don't know if there's been that many injuries. I got taken out so really? hard. I ended up in the middle of the rocks with my knee just oh, flopping around. And my, horrible. And my vest got torn off me. Uh, my, my quickie board shorts stayed oh, no. on. Okay, good. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. Not, okay. not the lucky ones that day, by yeah. the sounds of things. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. I, um, yeah, I went through that and that actually taught me how to train, you know, get yeah. me in the gym and get okay. working. But by the time I came to train to get really good at little ways, because a lot of the events were done they were, in little yeah. surf and I struggled in little ways. Mm, okay. I was okay in the big stuff. Give me anything solid, I was yeah. fine. But in the little ways, I struggled. Yeah. And so I worked, um, like did that six hours a day in Little Surf and the worst possible surf I could find. How, and, can I stop you there and just ask mm. a question then? Like, I mean, obviously you had a preference for your ability, like you preferred the bigger stuff. Mm. Was it hard to commit to the small stuff? Like, was it difficult to th- do that? Because I know a lot of guys like to wear it as a badge of honor that they only mm. kind of do big stuff or they don't do that small shit. Like... How was it hard at the time to make that commitment, or was the prize ahead of you big enough to? The prize ahead of me was big enough. Yeah, and the fact that there was these younger guys coming up, guys mm. like Tom Curran and Marco Galupo, Martin Potter, yeah, guys like that coming up looks so good that right. I'm going like I better work on this yeah. if I want it. Like, yeah. and I did want it. Mm. I didn't know. I didn't have the confidence in me, in myself, to think that I could be a world champ i just didn't have that in my sights yet okay but i knew that i could be a winner of events i knew that i could win events okay i wanted to win an event i hadn't done that yet okay and i really really wanted one yeah i wanted sure. to get that get win. that one out of the way and yeah, I, yeah I, was, I was like right i'm gonna smell it yeah I can smell that at least okay i couldn't smell a world title but i could smell a okay. win just a win yeah and get that done i think that's what we got to do like you do those little little steps along the way yeah. with anything but this one in particular was just i took the step and I eventually won an event. <laughs> so all this small wave stuff that I did, yeah, uh, that I was working on, um, had still hadn't paid off. Yeah, uh, I was getting beaten, and but I got to Sunset Beach at the end of the year. The last event of 1982 Sick. was at Sunset Beach. It was a four-man heat, and I beat. Uh, I, I won the final, and Mark Richards got second. He nice. was the current world champion, yeah. and so I felt. That there was a kind of like, if I can be the world champion at sunset yeah. on the backside. Yeah, exactly. You know, and be, you know. The, How big was it, this event? It was probably six to eight feet sunset. Yeah, so it was. Um, yeah. It was solid. Uh, I felt really strong. Mm. I just felt super strong. I felt really fit and strong. Um, and I came home and I had, um, I had four more events. No, actually, I had to go in the next 83, right? 83 was coming up. Mm. The ASP, the IPS was falling apart. The IPS, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was what it was. Uh, IPS, and it was turning over to the ASP. Yeah. And there was a bit of a gap, a bit of a scene in Hawaii, Mm. and there was a big fallout with the Triple Crown. Sure. Yeah, it was... um, 
And by the end of the next season, I didn't go to Hawaii. Right. Because that wasn't in my first world title. Can you believe wow. it? That's Hawaii crazy. season was not in it. They actually got, uh, they, they quit going to the All North Shore. And it was held over um, a span of 12 months that overlapped the, the year. So it was called the 83 84 yeah, world right. title. Okay. And, um, but that's why I had to train even harder. Because yeah. a lot of the waves were That would have been small cool. waves. Yeah, which ones? What was on the tour of the year that oh, you won it? Japan. Yeah. Uh, Japan, California, um, East Coast US, uh, yeah, wow. Europe. Um, um, South Africa. Yeah. Um, they had some Western Australia, you know, all around Australia. Yeah. Um, the UK. Yeah, right. And it was involved with Europe. And then, and then uh, at the, in January, February, March, April, which is Australian, it was, it was the US East Coast. Yep. And um, Florida, really small ways in yeah, Florida. Yeah, I've good. been training so hard for that, that event. I trained full, full tilt for about, you know, two months surfing six hours a day in the smallest crap summer surf. Yeah. I was so ready for Florida. Yeah, right. I smashed it. <laughs> and it was a close event for me, but I was like, I was hard to surf that small surf yeah, and I'd yeah, been training yeah. hard for it and really paid off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because that win put me on a roll, I ended up winning the next three, you know, two event where I won the Stubbies, the, the Bow Repairs Open. I didn't lose a heat for three events. Sick. And then I lost at Bells Beach against Shane Haroon yeah, right. in, in the last event. Yeah, right. So, and, and to win the world title, I actually flew back to Florida because it was a B-grade event. Yeah. And just to nail, put a nail in the coffin before going down to Bells. Yeah. It was to go to the, this B-grade event on the east coast of Florida at Jensen Beach, Florida. To I tie went, it up. To tie it all up. Really? And it was, okay. a, it was a three-day event. Right. And I travelled for six days to stay... Be on the ground for three days in Florida and so, get your world title and get the world title. Fly home, a world champion. Celebrate, yeah, celebrate. <laughs> Just go down to Bells and celebrate. Sick. That's what yeah. it was. Bells was a celebration. That's great. So that was, um, uh, yeah, big big um, moment. And mm. part, you know, going into the next year, I got myself another world title because we had to kind of back up after Mark Richards got four. We can't sure. just have one. No, 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 no. Oh god, gotta keep going. Gotta keep going. Yeah, and it was very. Very hard to get the second one. Um, in the middle of the year, I was all over the place because was, Oki was being called the world champ and he was leading the ratings. I was going, this isn't right. I'm uh, the current world champ. He, you know, yeah, I was right. really... Got, oh, okay. I could have got real bent out of shape. That yeah, would have yeah. stuffed me forever. Okay. That was a real mind fuck. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So I had to really sort of gather myself together and go, come on, I can't get caught up in that. Okay. Really focus myself in. Um and, and dig in deep, and eventually I got myself that second world title. Did you and get to that, surf in Hawaii for that one, though? Yeah, surfed yeah. in Hawaii for that, and uh, yeah, had some great pipe yeah. that year. That's really right. intense pipe, and I got my first go at doing the snap, yeah. and, and got completely annihilated. Which six, is what usually should happen yeah. at pipe at that yeah. point of the wave. Yeah, yeah. and I tried a good go out at nine eighty five. It took me another what six years before I kind of completed one that that worked. It's but, nuts. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, like I don't know if many people fully appreciate 
that snap because mm. I've surfed quite a few times on a bodyboard. And mm. the thing that I often find is that I forget that it's a reef. Yeah. And that's the risk. That's when it gets, I think, more dangerous because you just yeah. forget what you're surfing yeah. on for a second. Did you forget what you were, like, is, is that how you dealt with it? Because that kind of maneuver was kind mm. of ridiculous. Mm. How did you, how did you dare do it? Uh, it was all about uh, not thinking, really. Yeah. You know, we don't want to be thinking out there too much. If we mm. start thinking, we've missed the, missed the, the wave's going to slap you. Yeah. So you're really just responding yeah. at pipe only. You're just really, it's just really violent and it can be a violent ending. Yep. Um, so kind of moving in now that sort of those sort of power pockets and mm. working with pipeline, especially if it's got a backwash, yeah. you know, you, you got serious sort of energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's wild. so unpredictable mm. as a place. Like, yeah. Um, we started. The, I better bring us back to the. <laughs> to yeah, the yeah. Time. Sorry, <laughs> but no, no, quick, no. It's great. It's it was great. the Quicksilver relationship we're talking. Yes, about. that's right. And yeah. so you 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 spent a few years, I'm guessing, with Instinct, and then you came yeah. back to the Quicksilver mob. Mm. So how did the how did the comeback take place? Did you prove something to them, or did they just recognize the errors of their ways? Mm. So that's what brings us to that 1985. Cool. Uh, when it was 84, 85 World Title Race. Yeah. Uh, it came down to the wire. Yeah. Again, this time with Sean Thompson. Yeah, right. And uh, this time being, you know, having a lot of media yeah. um, attention. My, my manager by then was really putting the tentacles out there with the mainstream media, sure. getting out of the surf industry. Sure. Surf industries are small. Yeah. We, we, he wanted to branch out. We wanted yeah. to make this a professional sport we're yeah, trying to sure. really get it out there mm. and uh so he had me in all, all the mainstream media here in australia it was yeah. pretty full-on i was getting a lot of attention uh as a world champion mm. and also all the build-up to become a second world champion sure. was was strong sure and at the time um there was a lot of pressure on sportsmen mm. or sports people sports women um not to compete in south africa not to support the mm. um, the apartheid regime, which was um, something that I'd res- hadn't felt that I didn't like. Mm. Every time I went to South Africa, I saw what was going on. I've gone, I, I can't agree with this in-, in any way, shape, or form. Mm. In fact, for me, it doesn't it doesn't work for me. I can see how damaging this is going to be if they continue keep keep on going like this. And if they keep feeding, this is going to be so ugly, mm. you know. Mm. And and I know that that's I could you know if if I had any you know if I was seen to be supporting that, mm. it would really do my head in. And, and so and this decision, that, though, let's mm, stick on this for a second. Yeah, so, um, how did you? Because the competition was going there. You were going there already, right? During yeah, was, the apartheid regime. Yeah, and I'd won in. Uh, it, it contributed to my world champion in '85. Yeah, of course. Four eighty-five. Yeah, for by winning the Gunston Five Hundred in in nineteen eighty-four in in Durban. Yeah. So that was. And so, when did this? Um, how did this uh, awareness of the the situation? When did it become unbearable for you? Because it, it's a big call, the the call you made to boycott that event, because it had consequences as well, right, for your well, career. Well, I think the more um, more I was in the public eye, yeah, the more the 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 sort of more visible I became, yeah, uh, the more that I felt that if if I was to make a mark or cha- change, or even it was one person's mind, that mm. I might be able to shift on this issue mm. uh not that i was a massive activist mm. like a person who was going to be 
scream and carry on, like, you know, yeah, like exactly. yelling and carry on. Which might, I don't know, you never know when that's going to come out. But, yeah, yeah, sure. But at this point, mm. it, it was it, back in 1985 when we were talking about mm. as a world champion yeah. uh, and becoming a world champion for the second time mm. that I had a real platform to actually make a, make a point that sure. I don't do not agree with this. And uh, I mean, it was happening when I was com- going over there to compete and seeing mm. how people behave towards each other. Mm. It was just something that... Um, that I couldn't agree with and and support mm. and what and all I, all I could see was it just becoming an ugly thing mm. and if I had any chance of um, making an impact with a second world title mm. as a world champion surfer as an athlete who was viewed in the public eye as uh, influential mm. I could make a uh, mark with making a decision not to go surf that surf in South Africa mm. were other riders. Did any other riders boycott? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How they many followed of you did my. In the end? They they end up following my. Uh, Tom Curran did, who eventually became the world champion, the ex world champ. Yeah. Uh, Martin Potter okay. did. Um, I think Gary Elkerton may have done too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and and, so those guys followed, uh, and I didn't do it in the in the best way. Like I, mm-hmm. I wasn't a great communicator at that time. I was. Well, actions speak louder than words. Yeah, often, so. yeah. So it was more. It was a bit, bit of a surprise for my sponsors and yeah. my manager. I was like, what the hell are you doing? You know, going. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't tell you, but this is what I want to do. You know, and then it's all happening now. Like, and what was there any backlash in, uh, in the, from the sponsors or from any of the kind of stakeholders around you at the time? Well, uh, my sponsor was a South African company, um, Instinct. Yeah, sure. So okay. they put an injunction on me saying that I couldn't get another sponsor. Uh-huh. Uh, it didn't. I, I was kind of a bit baffled by how they behaved mm. uh, and it shocked me. Mm. But um, I said, well, okay, I guess I'm not sponsored with you guys anymore because of the way you're behaving. Mm. Uh, and I guess that's because of my lack of communication too. And maybe we could have worked a deal um, mm. on the other side of it. But it was, you know, being South African-based and, and Californian-based, I mm. thought mm, maybe California would be all right, but... Sean being South African, the, the, the apartheid regime still carrying out, and mm. everyone being in those in those days, it was very controversial. Mm. So uh, the opportunity came up to come back to Quicksilver. Yeah, right. And so my manager jumped on that, and they as, just as said, all good managers would. Yeah, and and, uh, and within within literally a month after doing, you know, as we were working on a deal with Quicksilver again to come back to Quicksilver was. Which was a really big uh, story for them because they, you know, sure. they, uh, I'd been rabbit out. Uh, he was no longer a world, uh, you know, he's, mm. he was their only world champion. He'd been a world champion some years ago. Yeah. Then I was a current world champion. They brought me back on and uh, and I was again back with Quicksilver. And, and I knew everyone at Quicksilver. It all felt yeah, sure. right. And uh, it was, it was yeah, onward and upward with Quicksilver. It's kind of interesting to hear this story because you you lost Quicksilver mm. quite abruptly and in, in with a mm. shock, mm. and you got them back off the back of a pretty abrupt and yeah. shocking moment. Yeah. So there's almost like a nice bookend to the mm. Mm. to the absence. On this question of social activism, um, and, I, and I see you don't you didn't maybe see yourself so much at the time as a mm. social activist, mm. but mm. what you did was quite radical. Mm. Yeah. Whether you thought you were doing something radical yeah. or not. And it would have taken a lot of, um, would have been a really hard decision at the time, I think, because mm. there was a lot of pressures mm. and stuff on you. But 
there's a lot of issues in the world today, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, there's a lot of surfers with a lot of influence. Mm. And are enough of them really using that influence for the kind of like you made a call to make a pretty yeah, yeah. big decision? Is 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 current is the current batch of professional surfers doing what they can do, or is there space to do more? Mm. Or what are your thoughts? I think Kelly does a pretty good I good. He does pretty good stuff with his Instagram influence. Yeah, true. I see he, he really sticks to uh, a really good um, conversation with people around yeah. issues yeah. and sticks to issues really clearly. Yeah. yeah chill. Got the cat That's, on the desk yeah. at the moment. <laughs> Josh has got our cat, Angel, who gets very amorous. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and she might <laughs> even get so amorous she'll want to have a nip. Okay. Or even even a little swipe. Oh, she, she lifted the that, paw before. Here we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's what Josh has I'm, got. I'm, <laughs> commi- I'm committing to keeping the cat happy while we do yeah. this interview yeah. now. So. <laughs> But yes. if, you, yeah, if you don't want us, you can no, come over here. But, she's beautiful. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, so the current batch with social activism. Mm, Kelly's mm, kind of doing mm, his thing. Mm. Um, but, I mean, that's one guy. Mm. There's a uh, lot of them. Yeah. Um, I think as we are as humans, we, we don't want to make um, controversy, you know. Mm. You know, and we're kind of conditioned by, you know, and I don't really like making a big big uh, noise you know and um, mm. particularly now you know like i'm not uh and as i get older I, i'm definitely more more than you know happy to just to be sort of sitting back and um mm. you know being the best father i can be and and you know just taking good care of myself and sure. just loving my surfing and but if 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 i need to speak on the issues i'll speak on those issues mm. uh, uh and and i'll support people who are doing really good work what i feel that I can support, mm. um, and I think, uh, but yeah, surfers. Um, it is nice to see when people come forward with um, good work, you know, mm. that's going to help other people at a broad level, mm. you know, not because surfing in itself, by uh, its own act, is in, in especially in the way we want to take ownership of a wave. And not let anyone else on it. Mm. You know, if we come from that angle all the, all the time, we're yeah. creating, we're actually sort of re-strengthening the self-centeredness of uh, humanity. Mm. So it's not, it's, we're better off just sharing a wave, you know, and sharing a few waves together and, mm. and sort of loosening that up because, and need to break the symmetry on that because it's like a, uh, you know, self-centeredness around surfing is so prof- can be profound. It is exceptionally and, profound. And, and annihilate anyone else in our life mm. doesn't even they don't even come into it. And yeah. we're talking about that early early yeah. early in the piece yeah. about um before the interview yeah. about uh, you know going on holiday and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and sort of dropping and, and yeah, everything. Dropping and everything goes, yeah. <laughs> so um, surfing is incredibly can be incredibly self-centered act, um, but. Uh, and broadening that out and actually being able to sort of look at... I think when I was younger, I just had that feeling of, you know, um, it didn't make sense to me to treat another human being as completely um, a lot lower than me, mm. you know? Yeah. I mean, not just lower, but a lot lower. Yeah, yeah So yeah. low, in fact, that you just look down at them constantly. Mm. Uh, for me, that doesn't fit. Mm. It'll never fit. Mm. <laughs> I just can't do it, mm. and it doesn't make sense. 
you know, and it always left me with a bad feeling in in the in in the stomach, and mm. uh, and and when I and I just couldn't support that stuff. And if I could actually be a part of opening that up, mm. it was just like what a great opportunity to be able to do it. And you a, took it, to, and mm. you took it, yeah. and you know, like you you got support once you mm. like it's it was because um, I've read a few books about that moment, and you know, the prime minister stepped in and said, yeah. "Good on you, mate." You know, yeah. like you had support at high levels. Mm. Um, and that must have been really cool after making such a big decision. Mm. Um, back to the relationship, though. So yeah. you came into the relationship then with Quicksilver, and you you had ma- ma- you must have had a bit more leash, like because obviously mm. they liked that you were yeah. taking a stand on things. Yeah. How did things develop though from there? You know, you because when when was it that you retired officially from competition? Like, and and what? <laughs> okay, I'm going to let the cat jump off into Tom's hands. You're beautiful, but you're starting to get weird. Okay. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's pretty fine. She's yeah. just a, a very amorous cat. Yeah, right. <laughs> she gets a bit, yeah, she's a bit pungy. You're a cat guy, though. Like, are, uh, are there I'm two both, types or are, there, no, are you both? I'm, Can I'm you, both. I'm an animal dog cat. person. Okay, cool. I'm an animal. I'm, I'm all around dog cat. Cool. Bird, giraffe, yeah, I don't right. know. Whatever it's got. Uh, yeah, like as sharks. It chills out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, crocodile, I don't mind. Mm. I just love animals. They're just they're just the best. Great, great. <laughs> yeah. Um nature, bring it on. So mm. it, with this relationship, um, you know, as a professional surfer over the over over a very long career with, with this brand and obviously it's mm. had its ups and downs. Mm. Mm. What what's what has been the main uh I guess the main thing that you were what would be the advice that you would give to any professional surfers now who they're on this journey? It's a tough world out there. There's lots of distractions and lots of opportunities mm. to jump ships mm. and, you know, do mm. all that kind of thing. How is there, is there value in sticking it out with one brand and actually working with them over a long, long term? Hmm. I, I think there's been tremendous value for me uh, mm. and Quicksilver on, on, a, on the two way street that sponsorship is. Yeah. The relationship of you know now they call an ambassador role yeah, you know yeah, that's yeah. a whole new thing <laughs> ambassador you know they would never use that word before no. but um it was just a sponsorship and and that's all it really is it's really you know it is what you call a relationship and the relationship um with that per that sort of exchange we've got an exchange going on yeah uh an exchange of material um physical um exchange and and that has to end its spirit mm. so there's the all that together so when that's exchanging really nice and evenly the relationship fires up mm. and when there's uh something lacking or blocking the, the, the relationship starts to fall mm. so where, wherever we can sort of stoke the fires of those three things you know material spirit and um physical mm. uh appreciation or you know you know, work, you know, like mm. um, you giving and adding to the relationship. Yep. Uh, things work. Things mm. just work. It's just it's just an exchange and, and it's an exchange of energy. I think that that's what's been really good with Cooksilver. Cooksilver has recognised that in me and, and I've recognised that from the beginning. But the cool thing, what I remember about the sponsorship, you know, relationship, business relationship with mm. my father. Mm-hmm. When I was twelve, and this 
guy, Charlie Ryan, he started this surf shop okay. at Newport. All right. First surf shop, guy turned up in town. I was surfing and down, uh, you know, on my first ever surfboard that I got. Um, it was a custom-made surfboard um, by Richard Feathers. He used to put a feather in the board oh, and sick. that was a sick board. This <laughs> yeah. is like 19... So, so I was 12, so it's like 1971, right? Sick. And, and we're just surfing there, no leg wraps yet. And... Uh, and this guy turns up, starts his surf shop up, and we're like, whoa, there's a surf shop in town, yeah, man. Yeah, wow. and, goes, and, and, and then Charlie's surfing uh, at the north end of Newport with me uh, one day, and he goes, oh, man, you, you're, you're a really good surfer. Wow, you know, like, I want to get you a surfboard, and Ooh. you'll be right for Ocean Shore Surf Shop. We're going, what? What does that mean? <laughs> you know, uh, and, and I went home to Dad, and I'm going, this guy wants to give me a surfboard. And he goes, hey, whoa. Yeah, he goes, right. whoa, I never forget, stop right there. What? He wants to give you a surfboard? And I go, yeah, he's going to give me a surfboard. Ah, ah. Frothing, frothing <laughs> with that tongue out, you know? And he's like, what's he want for that? And when he said that, I've gone, I don't know. <laughs> and he goes, and he goes well, it, he's going to want something for that, you know, because it doesn't work, you know? He goes, so that was the lesson, sure. you know? And that's what I learned. Like, sure. okay, so there's a two-way kind of streak going on here. Mm. Well, I, I, I'm, I, he's going to expect something from me. Sure. And this is how it's going to work. Interesting. And so, yeah, I received the surfboard. The surfboard was just awesome. Surfboard. I thought you were going to say awful. Then, no, you were, yeah, for a second, you were like, yeah. Yeah, it was awful. But no, no it was a great surfboard. The surfboard was so good. It oh, didn't great. Have any, we didn't have logos back then. It was sick. just had a little rice paper wave on it. It was such sick. a sick board. And yeah, right. It was such a beautiful board shaped by this guy by the name of Rodney Hocker and yeah. Rodney and he you know sanded it was just a beautiful board and it went sucker good I killed it on that board I started getting have you results. still got the board no it's, oh. no it's, I don't know it's in the listeners e- listeners yeah. if you come across yeah. this board yellow yeah, rail describe yellow it. bottom <laughs> light yellow rail light yellow bottom clear deck yeah. beautiful raked fin with yeah. a flex in it okay. narrow round tail 6'3 six, 6'3 three. Six, three. and that's how rice board. paper rice Little paper wave wave on the deck yeah Mm. Okay, keep your eyes out, people. Yeah. I'm sure we've got to, we'll have a very happy mm. time. Um, coming back to this kind of transition in your career, then you were obviously a hardcore competitor for mm. for quite some mm. time. Did you miss the competition, or were you ready to let it go? Mm. I was pretty. Re- I was ready to let go. I already let go mm. to some degree. Yeah. When I um, I'd actually really lost my faith in competitive surfing after I lost my chance at a third world title. Okay. Um, by you know interfering, I I, I actually um, struggled with the interference um, rule yeah, in 1985. Right. Um, from 987 through 989, I yeah. struggled with the interference rules. The interference rules were, especially in 88, 89, they were all about um, helping the judges take an easy route sure and uh and if it was if you had priority um and if you had second priority and the other surfer had first priority mm. uh they could call an interference if you're deemed to be on the same swell oh but no in, way yeah and you could and if you even motioned towards a wave and took your hand off the rail no way. to paddle you could get an interference technical interference with the other that made the judge's job a lot easier then. Yeah, right? so the <laughs> judges went, oh, he's got yeah. an appearance. He, he was moving. And it turned insane. That's it, insane. It, it, it was insane. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. going, you guys are insane. <laughs> they would 
they it literally today, yeah. if they realise, they just all the surfers will laugh at it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm, so, like, I'm shocked. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. That's so I lost my chance situation. at a third world title because of that rule. Oh, wow. uh, I was only two heats away from it. Uh, so I look back on that and it's go, oh, that's that hurts. You sure. Know, like, but at some level, I just went, well, I'm not going to give. I gave a good three year campaign to get back as mm. a world champion again. I put a lot of effort and time, and I was. I had enough of my manager by then too. Yeah, I was ready to get rid of him. I tried to get rid of him the year, the year before, and it took me another six months to get rid of him. But uh, because I, he was too brutal, yeah, and sure. uh, and I and I had a whole bunch of things going after that that I had to really kind of clean up. And yeah. I was just um, I never forget it being a really tough tough year that after not making that. Mm. That win, mm. but Mitchin winning winning that world title yep. at Pipeline was a perfect, a really good day at Pipeline. Yep. So it was really up my alley, and um, I was ready for that. But mm. uh, obviously, I wasn't. Obviously, it wasn't meant to be. And, yeah, sure. And uh, and I, but I did at some level mm. lose my, and I tried to sort of cover that up inside me. It's the way I kind of dealt with things. Sure. Uh, I tried to get back on tour and work, and I just couldn't get through heats. I was just just wasn't in there sure and so i dropped out of the tour about halfway through that year and took a full you know the rest of the year off yep uh and at that point i realized that um that there was something going on with me around competition and that i was only going to choose certain events that i really wanted to win and that was it and i got really i got really stubborn yeah, sure. Uh, And and single-minded about that and i don't think that's too healthy Mm. i think um Really, when I look back on it, it was really kind of, yeah, just, um, I was stuck in myself. It took me 14 years later, my brother's, what I watched an interview with my brother on a mm. Surfers Journal, um, like, um, bio, biography they did on me, mm. uh, and, and they interviewed my brother. My brother was on the beach that day when yeah. I made the interference, and yeah. he, he was talking about that moment in the interview, mm. and he goes, oh, I believe that moment tom lost faith in the in in competition yeah. and he was freaking hit the nail on the head <laughs> we're going that's exactly what happened that's been 14 years to see that but it's sure. exactly exactly what happened because sure. i really couldn't i i wanted to win the pipeline masters next two years i win the pipeline masters yeah like and that's i just want to take my surfing to the next level at pipeline and then that, mm. that's what happened yeah and so i had a lot of command over where i wanted to do to manifest that yeah. stuff but I didn't know. I was uh, I was pretty much in the dark mm. about myself, and um, I tried to just um, will myself back in there, but it didn't work. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Mm. Um, on that question of, I guess the different phases in your career, what are what, you've kind of come through many different iterations, and mm. so where are you at today, and and what is Tom Carroll doing today with surfing, and what does the future look like with you, or even not with surfing, to be honest with you yeah yeah so okay um um well for for myself at the moment i'm i'm actually starting to become a a meditation teacher which is very interesting kind of interesting <laughs> yeah yeah it's like whoa like well, i felt really? pretty calm i did admit at the start of this interview that i was rather yeah. nervous and then yeah. tom, tom well actually i'm starting to be a meditation teacher and i i think our breathing just went yeah, just balanced yeah, out. So that's yeah. cool. You're good at it. You're going to be fine. You're going to yeah, be fine. Yeah. So what's that all about? How did you get into that? Uh, well, um, it was about 11 and a half years ago. 
I um, came into recovery from ro- drug addiction. Yep. So, you know, I like that. Ho- I like to get high. Like, I want to get, <laughs> I want to get, get up. I yeah, want to sure. fly. You sure. Know? So that was my thing. I yeah. just, I fucking love that stuff that gets you up and going. Yeah. So, um, and, and, and I think I'll always love that, but um, I couldn't keep doing that. It was just, it was destroying my life. So, but when I came into recovery, I, I was, I was um, introduced to meditation. Mm meditation practice on a daily basis and I and I gave myself completely and utterly to that and so what started to happen for me then um as a result of just on a daily basis just sitting and and, and working with my breath mm-hmm. um and going through a number of different styles of meditation over the over the years yeah it was just to sort of get myself grounded again sure and ground myself in um you know what I like to do uh, what's my real path and and it gets clearer every time like okay. the, the more I do it um, and which is a lovely thing it's like and, and really it's just you know one of my teachers would say you've got if you even ADHD is no excuse mm. sit down and give yourself to the moment and Observe your thoughts. Mm. Let them come. Let them go. They're like waves in the mm. ocean. They will come and they will go. Pretty good analogy to use on you, right? Yeah. <laughs> the perfect one. He nailed it. Yeah, I went, exactly. Okay. Yeah, well, got that one. Go. So go back to the breath sure. and keep coming back to the breath. Sure. Put your attention back on the breath and gently back on the breath. It's mm. always gentle. Mm-hmm. Nothing aggressive. You can really notice how aggressive and violent we are towards ourselves when we start working with meditation. We yeah. Are we are violent by nature. Mm. And so coming back and, and looking at that and seeing that for what it is mm. is one of the coolest things I've ever... But it's, it is not for the faint of heart, for sure. Mm. And it, but it, what it does do, it, it develops our heart. Mm. It develops uh, our strength, our inner resolve, and it develops a sturdiness mm. inside us that whatever comes our way, it's... it's there's solution to it. Mm. There's whatever comes our way, um, we can work with it. It's a challenge. Mm. You know, there's a challenge that are always going to be there. And so, yeah, let's, you know, and, and, and life's to be shared. Mm. You know, gifts are to be shared and, and whatever gift we have, um, give it away. And that's, that's um, and then it starts to perpetuate. Mm. So that's really, you know, it's, it's been a, it's something that I thought, well, about two years ago, I was um, struggling with my own practice. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking it was starting to fade. And it's funny, meditation, when you ask for help at some level, and whether you're asking for help through prayer or just asking whoever your God might be, um, um, I, I never like the word God, but it's sort of become quite easy for me to say now. Sure. So it's never been a really big one for me, but there is to to give a good orderly direction to things, you know, I could ask that. Um, and and I, I just asked for help literally out to the universe, if you like, the universe mm. being the one song that we all sing. And uh, it um, literally within a week, there was a person down here in, in my hometown, I'm walking along, and uh, this person just so happened to 
because I give time away. Sure. Uh, a surfing experience with me for charity. Oh, yeah, and, sure. And uh, just to raise money for people who, you know, ask me to help them, whatever. Mm-hmm. And this person had, you know, paid for an, uh, an item, which was two, two hours surf lesson with me. Yeah. And he wanted his kids to... Oh, can I claim that on you, Tom? You know, yeah. I was in the middle of the street at Avalon down here. I go, I like that, no worries. And he was a really sparky guy. And I go, and I go, wow, okay, so, okay, let's do it tomorrow. Sure. And, uh, set up a time, da da da. His kids are there just frothing, going, <laughs> yay, we're going to surf with him. You know, it was fantastic. And they're frothing. So we went down to Palm Beach, we set up. And I said, you know, so what do you do? And he goes, oh, look, I'm, I make wines in the Hunter Valley. Oh, wow, yeah, really? And he goes, yeah, but I don't drink. But I'd make lines and go, wow, this is different. That's so a really you sure? He goes, he goes yeah. I taste them and I, you know, we, you know, da da da. And yeah. But, but um, I, I teach meditation. I went, wow. So, and and Marshy, Andrew Marsh Meditation, that's what yeah. he goes under. And, and he teaches the Vedic meditation technique. So, so the type is, what, what is the type? Vedic of meditation. Vedic meditation. Yeah, and it's very similar to transcendental meditation yeah. technique. And um, it's pretty much the same. It's like, uh, but it's 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 a bit of a branch off of that. Um, but it's all the same. It's all. Yeah. It's you know, there's no good or bad way of doing it. Sure. Uh, the meditation. It's just what it is. Mm. And uh, and I and I went and did a a course with him, which um, took two days, and he introduced me to that practice. And from that that day onward, I've been sticking to that practice. And, uh, and I thought, wow, this is such a, a nice way of introducing meditation to people. And mm. if I could teach that mm. and show them and, and share this practice with others and allow people to actually enter into a new way of viewing yeah. uh, life and their life, um, it, it just seemed to make so much sense mm. to become a meditation teacher. And for these times, particularly these times, mm. after, you know, like seeing what's going on and how quickly things are moving today, um, how much of an influence um, um, AI is going to have in our mm. life, uh, we really need to be grounded to mm. have a, be able to take a, a nice view of what's going on here mm. because it's happening really fast yeah, yeah. and it's going to happen really exponentially a lot quicker in the next 10 years when we're going to see a lot of things go on and people are going to be very confused there's a lot of anxiety a lot of depression mm. uh, yet we're n- better off than we've ever been before mm. but we've got all these other things going on mm. so and that's i think with the splitting up of our attention uh, the splitting of our um nervous system really struggling with um, what's going on and so that's what the meditation is all about it's about allowing the body and the mind and what sits in between the nervous system just let it calibrate and Mm. bring it back and uh, allow us to sort of sit because whatever all this stuff all this information coming at us uh this just loads and loads and loads of information Mm. Uh, coming at us more than any other time in the human history. Yeah, uh, nice. trying to make sense of that um, and creating so much noise mm. uh, in our minds. It's um, really we're going to we're going to keep reaching for those things that aren't necessarily good for us, mm. uh, just to just to try and quieten things down. So, with mm. with this meditation, um, 
of course there's a utility to it it seems and you and and i guess what's interesting for me to find out after hearing you speak so kind of um avidly about it and mm. excitedly about it is that um you mentioned before we just got on meditation that you like to you know the high you chase that mm. adrenaline rush and a lot of mm. surfers have that rush and oh, we all yeah. understand that need to get it and that's why there's other things mm. that come into our lives yeah. drug addiction yeah. different kinds of things yeah. that we do that aren't so good for us in mm. the end do you get that high from meditation no it's not about that okay no in fact it's kind of like um it's coming to the reality uh-huh. of who we are just really coming to our own reality it is our it's the source and so we're coming to who we really are mm-hmm. so we're not trying to escape ourselves anymore okay. and so that's the key we 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 we've been trying to sort something out mm. you know okay uh in in, in a kind of all these different ways all these other ways yeah that um uh, particularly kind of lead us down the wrong way mm. uh, you know when i'm on adrenaline junkie i just love that interaction between adrenaline and my body it's just yeah. a natural thing for me to live in sure and you probably noticed that yep. yourself doing bodyboard and yeah. slabs and stuff yeah. like that yeah it's a great feeling um it's a great feeling we really engage physically with that yeah uh, when we're in that in that nature of that yeah i think that's that's nice, but when we're living our life on it, mm. uh, it can be hot, very uncomfortable. Mm. And so we'll reach for things that are trying to, you know, soothe that down or, sure. or try to keep it going. Or so the meditation yeah. then is a response, yeah, to the 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 mm. acknowledgement of the need you have yeah. for the adrenaline. Yeah, yeah, that's a way of sort of seeing who we are, mm. and and just having a gap between the first thought mm. and action. Yeah. So okay, okay, okay. So I see that. That's what it is. Mm. Uh, and then I can sit back and go, okay. And then I have, I give myself some freedom from the attachment. Mm. It's, it's elusive, mm. and you'll see how elusive it is as we do more meditation. Yeah. And but but, uh, what I love about this practice is that. We work with a mantra, and the mantra is the vehicle which takes us, gets us, gets the mind down into transcendent state. So we're yep. moving beyond the, the mind. Yep. Uh, ultimately, um, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty elusive that of itself, yeah. and we're actually going to no thing, nothing, mm. no thing, and I think in that state, in that place, we've really transcended. So. Then that's when our nervous system goes, yee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can recalibrate here. Yeah, and, okay. uh, and, yeah, and that's it. And, yeah. and we're able to sort of re-engage in life. And it's all about living life outside here. Mm. So it's not about kind of escaping away from anything. Yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah. living in the reality of my own self. Mm. Sure. And going, right, well, I'm here, real, here now. Mm. I'm that, that's who I am right now. Uh any other thing is trying to escape it. <laughs> so so, so it, it's self-evident that this mm. meditation practice is forming a very large part of your life. Yes. And it's having a very positive effect on you. Mm. Uh, and you are look, and you're going to be, you're ju- beginning the journey of sharing this knowledge mm. and this practice with mm. other people. So, so we can expect that, that, you know, you are going to teach this in mm. classes and whatnot. Is mm. that what the, is that what you're planning to do? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm planning to do. Yeah, I think cool. I'd, like, I'd like to do small groups yeah. and one-on-ones. Uh, that's, that's where I'd like to go to. Okay, cool. And offer that up as uh, you know, 
I really, to have someone get this meditation and bring it into their life yeah. and see the actual results of yeah. something so simple. Mm. And, and when we make a preference for that kind of, uh, kind of place for ourselves, mm. we really are nurturing life. And you know, really nice, um, a really nice life. So mm. uh, that's really there's no nothing else I can say about it. Yeah, the meditation sure. itself is really just the setup. Yeah, it's not anything. Mm. You know, it's not like we 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 are so achievement orientated. Mm. I've been achievement orientated. Sure, goal oriented. Yeah. yeah, da 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 da. It's actually kind of like the opposite to that. Sure. Really, you know, um, because of our daily lives, because of the culture that we're in and how we're influenced, culturally influenced mm. society and all of that expectation, da da da, and how you should got to be, you got to do this, compete to that, and mm. it's um, achieve this, and you got to achieve, you got to have goals, da da da. Mm. And nervous system is just in all kinds of, like it's trying to balance itself up all mm. the time. Sure. And so if there's no, nothing there to kind of, you're not putting something in place there to kind of give it some place to recalibrate, mm. uh, eventually there'll be some strong feedback. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. And moving on from the meditation talk, mm. um, the the other thing I think we've noticed lately, there's been a bit of photography that you've been doing mm. or you've been going through old photos and whatnot yeah. and there's been some exhibitions and things yeah. like that. So is this also another part? Are you kind of becoming the historian or like what is that another role that's happening for you or what and what's that all about? There it is. There you go. Um, I got boxes of photographs that I shot. I, I just loved looking through a lens when I was a you know, I got introduced to a camera when I was 16. Yep. No one, no surfers used to carry a camera around. Yeah. Like today, everyone's got a camera in their phone. Sure, it's easy. Back then, think about it. There was no cameras really around. Um, uh, very rarely would you see someone with a, a camera well in my, my sure. world. And when I picked up a camera, you know, when I was 16, my mother had a camera, but I didn't really get to see that. Uh, but I saw the photos that she she, she shot. I yeah. lost her when I was seven. Okay. But uh, I used to love seeing the slideshows and okay, stuff. I used to cool. really froth on the... Yeah, cool. Uh, and, but when I picked up a camera and I looked through the the viewfinder and I could focus on something, mm. I went, wow, this is really amazing. This lens, I was looking through and I could see world a world that I world that I wasn't seeing through my eyes mm. it was something else and and I naturally started framing things in my eyes I always loved um, you know was already drawn to the frame uh, and, and understand a kind of shape and colour and light and, mm. and I kind of had a natural feel for that mm. and so that kind of came to me and I started using camera travelling at 16, 17, 18 in Indonesia and, and sure. just started, bought a camera in Tokyo when I went to compete in Japan at 18 and and that was me, yeah. Well, there's some beautiful birds outside here right now. Mm. That's that nice sound you're hearing. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the photography though, were you, exhi- were you exhibiting along the way though no. or not at all, right? So no. you've just been, you've literally got, well, I'm guessing you must have boxes of yeah. slides or something yeah. that you're just now going through. That's exactly it. Okay. So... That was uh, a job that I started doing with the, um, the help of, I've got a, an agent, um, 
Nick Fordham, who had a relationship, has a relationship with Canon. Yep. And so they got involved in um, creating an exhibition yeah. of um, photographs. And we decided at this point just to, to focus on the 80s, from 80, 80, 1980 to 85 in the Great. first exhibition. Great. And there's, you know, there's a lot of photographs. Yeah, I'm guessing. And that, that was pre-digital. So sure. digital came in for me in early 2010s. Yeah. Uh, and um, I didn't. There's all slides. Sure. All way up to then. A lot of travel. Great. A lot of taking a camera around. A lot of shooting. And I was, I'd take a camera everywhere. A little bag of cameras. And, yeah. Um, and lenses and stuff. And a lot of the surfers just go, "What are you? you what are you doing? You're not mate? a photographer. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, what are you doing? Job. Yeah, stick to your, yeah, stick to surfing. And well, like the photographers are nuts. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. you know, like you know, <laughs> and I, they're not wrong. And I, they're not wrong. <laughs> but I felt really had a real had a real affinity with the photographers too. Yeah, sure. There's something wrong with me, you know. Yeah, like, sure. I, I was like, there wasn't anything wrong with me at all. Um, cool. But I could really relate to the photographers, sure. and I really understood where they're coming from. And, yeah. And I like I could see what they were looking for. I could mm. understand it. That's seemed to be natural for me did that make uh do you think this interest in photography helped you kind of deliver more results as a free surfing professional like did were you thinking whilst you were surfing about you know how's this going to look like like i mean it might have been a little yeah. bit too narcissistic yeah. maybe but i don't know if you understand light you're gonna yeah maybe no, think of different things no i understood what the if if we were shooting for quicksilver yep uh, I understood what they were looking for. Yeah. Like immediately. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't hard for you to get it. Yeah, it was really easy. That's so, cool. But I wasn't sort of, it wasn't in my vocabulary. I wasn't brought up like, I was actually brought up in the opposite way. Listen, mate, adjust the aperture yeah. on that one. Um, we're not going to get yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'll do that. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, okay. well, well, you sure, sure you don't want to look from that angle? And, you know, don't want you change the lens. I was, Jeez. No, 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 I can, I can. Be the DP, and it's just a nightmare. Yeah, but uh, sure. <laughs> self awareness comes with this meditation, right? Yeah, so that's, that's the, the, there you go. There you it's go. working. Yeah. It's working. Are you reflecting a lot on your career through this uh, process of going mm. through these old slides? Always do. Yeah, you know, like you start looking at old slides and you can't can get lost. Yeah, it must be pretty cool. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes it's too much. Yeah, like, sure. You just go, oh, okay, I got to put it all down. Smashed. Like it's just too much emotionally. Yeah, yeah. You kind of go through everything over and over and over, and sure. it's pretty full on. Sure. Uh, but it's and and I needed someone to help me sure. um, do it. I couldn't do it myself. Uh, I thought that I could do it myself for years. You sure. know, So I did try to do it as the boxes piled up. Yeah, and I tried to put them all in sleeves, <laughs> sure. and I had it all sort of semi-archived, and yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. I just throw them in the air. I just go, I can't deal with it. Yeah. Uh, because I just didn't give it enough time. I did. I was too adrenalized. Yeah, sure. I was adrenaline jacket. Yeah. You, can you imagine ADHD adrenaline combo? Look I was at like, slides. yeah, looking slides. <laughs> nah, nah. Not I had happen. to be out there with a lens, shoot photos. Yeah, I could actually, and it's been seen and said before that maybe I was looking at a way of making sense of life through a lens. Sure. And so I think that makes for me it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a that's a project that you're working on now, and that mm. seems like a really um, fulfilling and challenging mm. one at times, mm. which uh, sounds super cool. Mm. Um, we are a Nordic surfing magazine, so we should maybe touch on a little bit of of your yeah. experience of the Nordics, because um, yeah. I noticed uh, that you were in fact up in uh, Lofoten uh, yeah. a couple well, last year, and. What were your thoughts on that part of the region, and why were you there in the first place? What what mm. brought you to Lofoten? Mm. A few years back, I was 
contacted by Creatures of Leisure mm-hmm. here in Australia who who had taken on the distri- distributorship of um, a product by the name of Surf Ears. Mm-hmm. And, and they said, oh, would you like to, you know, we're looking for someone like yourself to... An, an ambassador. An ambassador <laughs> to do an ambassador role. Nice. And, uh, and, and, yeah, and endorse this product. And so... I had a look at it and I thought, oh, this is a great product. I kind of need this sort of thing. Yeah, it's right. Like, uh, my ears are kind of toasted. Yeah. I'd had one sur- had a surgery on my left uh, and I was needing a surgery on my right. Mm. And this all happened pretty quick. Mm. And I go, wow. So I'll get the surgery and we'll get going and let's get let's get this, this moving, this relationship. Cool. And it's been the designers of the product, the mm. Surfies product. Yeah. Uh, you know, Christian... Um, from up in uh, he's from Sweden mm-hmm. and he and he he um, invited me up to Lo- the Lofoten Islands to yeah. go and have a surf uh, a surfing trip to nice. um, in in winter to to Unstan mm. surf and, mm. and have a surf and he he said look it's warmer actually up there than where I'm at. In, at that he, time of year, he's telling the truth. Yeah, he yeah, is. He's, yeah. I think they're down in southern Sweden as yeah, well. They're, maybe they're not. I don't. Uh, just across from Cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they're in Malmo. Yeah. Um, mm. Or Malmo. Malmo. Yeah, Malmo. Yeah. That's where they are. That's it. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, he wasn't lying. Yeah, it's cold as hell down south. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's saying, "Oh, we're going warm up the top." Yeah, warm. It's a relative and I've gone, concept. In the Arctic Circle, now I thought, man, I'm going to be in the Arctic Circle. I can't <laughs> wait. So I was really enthusiastic about yeah. that, and uh, just to go and hang out with him, and and um, we had a great time. Um, it was so cool. Magnus and and Christian were lovely people. They mm. both worked together at Sophia's and were thinking really outside the square with with that product, mm. being able to hear. Out of the product, I use it as well, yeah, so I know yeah, what you're yeah. talking about. Mm, Most mm. people think I'm listening to music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. but they do. They have cracked. They've done yeah, something good yeah, there. Like yeah. it's quite remarkable. Mm. And um, so, so what were your thoughts of um, of of Lofoten, like heading up there? Was that your first time in the Arctic Circle? That's the first time. Yeah, right. Uh, above the Arctic Circle. Yeah, and right. Lofoten uh, was incredible. The place is so beautiful. Mm. It's stunning. The people there were fantastic. You know, Tommy and his crew there at Unstead Arctic Surf, fantastic people, mm. uh, so welcoming. The food was awesome, and, mm. and 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 like they got everything there. Yeah, they do. Right there. Yeah. I mean, we're so remote up there too. Yeah. You think, my gosh. Yeah. And they first day there, well, I surfed early in the morning. Yeah. I was like, woke up. I go, man, it's snowing outside, and it's there's someone walking along the. Along the road with a surfboard, and it was white. Yeah, and I was going, "Whoa, this is wild! It's snowing." So I got over to the from this little house, I was staying across the road, and went over to see Tommy and you know have a cup of coffee, kind of wake myself up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Said, "Yeah, okay, we're all going surfing before breakfast." I go, "Okay, okay." okay." Uh, I was like, "Whoa, here I go!" Yeah, straight into this wetsuit and got my gear out, got my surfboard. Got my, you know, booties, big old thick booties and yeah. big gloves and I walked out to the point and surfed the right. Oh, you surfed the right. Yeah, cool. surfed the right. And, um, yeah, and I was ready to get cold. I was ready to... Yeah. But I was surprised actually how I could handle it. Um, I was waiting for some horrible shock, but... 
Yeah. It was cold to go duck diving underneath the waves, sure. even with a hood on, yeah. but my my body handled it. My the wetsuit was really good mm. and I and the wave was fun, this right hand. Sick right wave. Hand. Yeah, How's such it stay? A, such a good wave. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The left is great as well. I yeah. mean obviously yeah. that that's um it's a it's a uniquely yeah. um, good setup that, yeah. that beach. Um, mm. With your experience then in the cold, I mean, is it something that you would do again in a hurry, or is it something that you kind of like? Yeah, that was pretty nice, but I actually prefer going to Hawaii, and <laughs> hanging out there. I don't know. It's you can be a... just be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I I um, I'd like to love to go back up. Yeah. To be honest, I'd love to come back up to to norway and and trip out a bit more spend more time yeah it was just a week and it was sure. kind of just and i extended my trip by a couple of days but the last few days the weather wasn't very good so it gets I missed, pretty hardcore up yeah there. yeah i thought wow this is a really heavy last couple of days yeah <laughs> but um but we scored during the week we yeah, ended sweet. up doing some really nice days and yeah. we you know like on that first day was a big day because we went straight up and hiked, went snowboarding for yeah. lunch, uh, before lunch. And then we came back at lunch and in the evening, as the light was really getting dim, mm. we went out, I went out for a stand-up paddle surf. Shit. And it was like, and then we came in and had a, all on the first day, I did a surf, <laughs> snowboard, paddle surf. Yeah, so right. It was a huge day. And I got in and we're having a, it was snowing and we were having um, a, a steam, bar, steam, we had a steam. Yeah. And bath and uh and then a uh, sauna outside. Sweet. And it was awesome. the one on the wheels. You were in the one on the wheels, uh, or, the, or was the outside one out? Outside down on the beach. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. I was just going, "Where the hell is this place?" <laughs> and it was snowing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. I mean, it's something. Yeah. Me being an Aussie living up there, it's mm, um, mm. I definitely appreciate. And maybe as an adrenaline junkie guy yourself, like the mm, sauna itself mm. is actually a good bit of therapy. Yeah, to give you that rush as well. Yeah. Like, you, were you diving out into the snow in between? Yeah, we're doing the dive. Yeah, we're doing the dive. Okay, and we're doing all sorts of stuff. Gives you a rush. Yeah, fully. Yeah, it's yeah, a and shock. the body loves it. Does I think the body just loves that 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 crazy kind of mm. um, contrast, mm. and it just it just thrives on the contrast. Yeah. And I think the body needs it. I did. Just feels right. Mm. Mm. Well, look, I mean, we're coming up to, well, well, this is the longest podcast we've done ever here for Nordic <laughs> Surface Mag, but okay. it's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, what can we expect from Tom Carroll in the coming couple of years? Like, what, what you, you've made your mark in so many ways mm, along mm. your journey. Um, what's the next mark you want to leave? And we'll, maybe we'll wrap it up there. Wow. Uh, uh, look, I'm just happy. Uh, doing what I'm doing, I I got uh, I like to you know start the meditation teaching mm. and have that be a mark mm. um, that I can leave. That's a really a lot more s- subtle but deeper, and I think uh, I like to you know improve my body. As I get older, I know that sounded like a. It's, it's almost like pushing shit uphill. But, but my body can. Uh, I know my body can. Um, I want to be able to surf way into my eighties. You know, that's that's what I want to be able to do. So, that's that's where I like to go with my surfing. I don't know where I can go with that, but uh, we'll see how that works out. Let me chuck another question on the end then, because that was originally in the in the notes was to talk mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you did. I mean, I remember watching this live, and it was bloody incredible when you surfed the um, expression session heat out of pipeline. Oh yeah, and I mean, you that was a, a sick heat, mm. and obviously you you may not have been surfing so much pipe before then. I don't no, know what the context was for mm. you, but do you think you can like? What's the secret? Do you think to being able to? Is that the kind of thing you want to keep doing? Like in the coming years, in this kind of eighty-year kind of stretch, mm. like, is it those kind of waves, or what does it mean for you to, and how are you going to do it? Like, what's the secret for guys as they get older to be able to surf? Well? I think, I think, uh, I think just con- constant, consistent engagement, you know, okay. in, in the joy of it, you know, not yeah. not only you have to do it, but just just enjoy it. Um, I just love the involvement in surfboard design. Yeah, you know, like. Um, uh, I've got the foil stand-up paddleboard at the moment, which yeah. is really hard, <laughs> and it's like really got me going because I can't do it. Yeah. And so whenever I can't do anything round surfing, particularly, yeah. I really bite and I uh, got to get to do it. So okay. that's that's I think that sort of stuff that keeps us engaged at a full body engagement level, mm. body, mind, soul, spirit engagement. Cool. You know, it really sort of I think that keeps us moving. Right. That, that does for me. Yeah. Mm. But so it's finding, maintaining a joyful yeah, interest yeah. in surfing, you yeah. think, is the, is actually the key to the that's longevity true. of, your, of people sure. surfing. Absolutely, yeah. Let's leave it there because that's a bloody good lesson for all of us to listen yeah, to. Yeah. You've yeah. been listening to the Nordic Surfers Magazine Conversations podcast. I've had a fantastic hour and 21 minutes with Tom Carroll and wow. I really appreciate it. So thanks it's a lot. It's a pleasure, Josh. Yeah, thanks. Well, that was uh, quite a... Quite a chat with uh, Tom Carroll. A uh, little bit longer than some of our other episodes, but it was uh, it was definitely a thrill to um, get a chance to sit down with uh, such a legend of the sport and a guy with such an interesting um, life experience to share. Uh, a quick reminder that um, go and check out our website and the web shop, Instagram, if you are interested in previous copies of Nordic Surfers magazine. There's plenty of them there. Collect the whole set. Also, now that we're on iTunes, um, it'd be great if you could leave us a review or a batug and um, so the uh, so the iTunes podcast can rank us nice and high because of this um, these great interviews that you so enjoy listening to. Um, as usual, we're going to finish this episode with um, with a song, uh, a little sing along. Um, so this is um, Super Poikin by um, Stockholm-based producer Moose, who's also Eric Jönhagen. Uh, quite a longboard legend, I hear. Um, Muse, uh, for the non-Swedish speakers, translates to something like coziness or music is a is kind of saying that something's cozy, and it's a sense which permeates um, this dreamy music. Give him a follow on Instagram under his um his his handle Muse Music, and don't miss, do not miss. The premier gig at Södra Teatern in Stockholm, the 8th of September. Uh, this is Joshua B. Kirkman for Nordic Surfers Magazine, Conversations Podcast, checking out, and I will check back in soon with another conversation. That's all for now.
now we have 